0: everyone i think we're gonna start now it's 2:20. yeah so as you know this is the many face azor a high panel and you might be wondering what exactly that means and essentially it's the idea that there isn't necessarily just one azor a high there isn't just one hero that saves the day it's about there being a lot of people that were essential to stopping the long night and for me personally so after the episode, you know, we're, uh, Game of Thrones spoilers, I assume no one cares, but after Arya kills the Night King, and you're like, you know, whatever, and the, the others are stopped, right? Uh, I immediately had my mind spinning because I was thinking of a certain quote from the World of Ice and Fire that we're going to read here. Uh, do you want to read it for us, Aziz?
1: In the annals of the further east, it was the blood betrayal as his usurpation is named, that ushered in the age of darkness called the Long Night. Despairing of the evil that had been unleashed on earth, the maiden made of light turned her back upon the world, and the Lion of Night came forth in all his wrath to punish the wickedness of men. How long the darkness endured no man can say, but all agree that it was only when a great warrior, known variously as Herkun the Hero, Azora High, Yintar, Nefarian, and Eldric Shadow Chaser, arose to give courage to the race of men and lead the virtuous into battle with his blazing sword lightbringer that the darkness was put to rout, and light and love returned once more to the world.
0: And so hey. John and Danny did, in fact, do this. You know, if you look at Lightbringer as dragons, they actually did give courage. And even if they necessarily weren't the one to stop them completely, they were essential in stopping the Long Night, right? Right. And, that's then, the kind quote, of, yeah. and then the quote continues, though. The
1: quote does continue. It says... Yet the great empire of the dawn was not reborn, for the restored world was a broken place where every tribe of men went its own way, fearful of all the others, and war and lust and murder endured, even to our present day.
0: And hey, now think about the fact that right after the others were stopped, they kept on fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yep,
1: that's exactly what happened, yeah. So it's neat to think about the, the idea of Azor Ahai not necessarily as one person or not necessarily... Uh, even as any person, or more as a concept or an idea. Um, one, of the current, one of the most common themes with the Azor Ahai legends that we see in its various names and its various places across the world is that Azor Ahai is, is somewhat referred to as a warrior figure, but mostly the, the theme is that Azor Ahai is a uniter, yeah. someone that brings people together. That's and the, the we really We see that a bit theme. in the stallion who
0: mounts the world yeah. uh, idea as well as someone who is uniting people.
1: Right. Uh, and um,
0: One of my favorite, I'll read another quote um, that's very relevant um, about this same tale. <laughs> Lomas Longstrider, in his wonders made by man, recounts meeting descendants of the Roinar in the ruins of the festival city of Croyane, who have tales of a darkness that made the Royn dwindle and disappear, her waters frozen as far south as the joining of the Selhoru. According to these tales, the return of the sun came only when a hero convinced Mother Royne's many children, lesser gods such as the Crab King and the Old Man of the River, to put aside their bickering and join together to sing a secret song that brought back the day. A secret song, yeah. how nice. A, a song. song of
1: ice and fire. Yeah. <laughs> and if you look at the, the armies that were marshaled in the north, now maybe it'll, it should be different in, in the books in some regard, but if it's even remotely similar, you have... Uh, armies of all over the world of many different cultures, you have unsullied Dothraki. I mean the unsullied themselves are just mm-hmm. a variety of cultures by themselves, but then you the northerners, you have southerners, all mm-hmm. sorts of different cultures united, and that 's really hard to do right like getting mm-hmm. people to fight for a common cause is really hard to do, and
0: yeah. And so, I don't think that they get quite enough credit for doing so. And, but it isn't just John and Danny that were involved in uniting people. There were many steps along the way that brought certain people there for thinking of the show, whereas where we actually saw it played out, you see like Sandor Clegane had a role to play, Barrick Dondarian, you know, maybe it's someone else obviously in the books, but the, the point remains that if certain people hadn't been there, it might not have worked at all.
1: Yeah, Melisandre, it was...
0: Melisandre was essential to it as well. And so if you look at it, um, this is what I like to do, is imagine the events of A Song of Ice and Fire and the, This Long Night as told thousands of years from now. Try to picture like the characters that we know, how they would be remembered. Like Arya is known as like, the faceless one. And like they're all remembered, but they don't quite know that they're actually from the same places or how they came together, and they think maybe they're all the same myth of the same person, but in fact...
1: You could, you could see people thinking that Arya came from Bravos. Yeah. They might think that a thousand years later. They may not know she was ever a Stark. Yeah. Uh, her identity is having become what it's become, or, or um, any of these other characters could be seen. Like we see in the play... At bravos, yeah. the way Ned and Cersei and Robert and Tyrion are portrayed is entirely inaccurate. Just, but,
0: just a few years later. Yeah, and that's only a
1: few years later, right? <laughs> so imagine a thousand years later what these stories. So now take that same concept and apply it to these Azor high legends. And, and
0: imagine it all through like a couple of paragraphs.
1: Yeah, and it, how
0: little you would really know.
1: And they would, and there's all sorts of other possible errors that can come in. There's translation errors. There's words that you know in our own language. Mm-hmm. There's words that used now that had a totally different meaning a hundred years ago, like colloquial meaning mm-hmm. and things like that. So, so George is aware the, of. The point to speaking to that.
0: that, is that like, okay, there's, there's a line here um, where when Amon's talking about um, how, in quotes, the error crept in from the translation, right? And he's talking about, it could be a girl, it could be Daenerys, right? Um, like, no one ever looked for a girl. It was a prince that was promised, not a princess. And, well, what if the error like the the line, the error crept in from the translation is that, of course, the gendering is wrong. It's referring to multiple people instead.
1: Or, yeah, Um, and there's so many other possible errors. That's a great... But just in general, in
0: the translation of all of this, um, I think the line, just the error crept in from the translation is notable.
1: And that's neat because Eamon in that moment thinks he's now. He's like, oh, now we've got it. Yeah. Mm. I don't think he's quite Maybe you don't there, buddy. And
0: people are like, maybe you don't have it and it's John." but maybe you don't have it and it's both of them, it's multiple people. Like both of them can be Azor Ahai and someone else is the last hero, you know, parallels to them because they're their own thing. Yeah. essentially.
1: And, and if you think about it, if you have all these different cultures, like in the, in the real world we have, um, so many different cultures have their own version of, of the flood. Uh, and here in in Westeros and Essos, there's a, it's a similar concept. They all have their tale of the long night, and each version is different, and they each have a different person that was responsible for helping end it. Now there's almost no way that Every single region had someone. Yeah, what is that's just a little so neat and clean. Like they all, eat, you guys ended the long night. No, we ended the long night. No, but we he, ended the long but night. But
0: now that we're getting, <laughs> for example, um, we have the upcoming prequel successor show, the you know Long Night Blood Moon, and hey, look, they're casting a whole different, a whole bunch of different looking people for that, and so that does, I think, speak to the fact that it's going to be another situation where people from different regions come together to. Uh, work on this.
1: Yeah, and we hope to see, you know, the East involved in the, in the successor show because, of course, that would mean we could involve some of the other cultures. We, we hope the Roinar are involved. We just gave their mm-hmm. quote from them so we know that the Roinar were uh, in existence perhaps before the long Perhaps night. the
0: Summer Islands. The
1: Summer Islands are a great possibility, definitely. Um, maybe, Obviously,
0: maybe Slaver's Bay, but I, that's, we're not so sure about yeah, that. Yeah, that's
1: maybe, yeah, it seems like a, a, a le- less likely, but definitely possible. Um, maybe cities like... Uh, sarnori cities or um
0: because again remember we're, oh yeah my
1: history is a little hazy
0: mm-hmm.
1: were the andals involved uh during the long night and that did that invasion happened yet they hadn't invaded yet but they mm-hmm. were probably a people in they oh, well, called some, themselves that
0: but not like yeah um but they would have existed yeah, and we're, in yeah, and the time period we're talking about here so yeah 5,000 to 10,000 years ago roughly um so just huge amount of time ago yeah,
1: so so much time for things to change. Like yeah. I said, so many things for, for things to get, be getting gotten wrong and so many uh, things for people to um, to look back on and wonder um, how, you know, was this even real? <laughs> Some people, and of course we know it pretty yeah. much is. Yeah. But uh, the characters within the story, you know, they're, most of them right now don't even know that they're not thinking about it, talking about it, worried about it. It's just a few characters and, well... Soon that'll change. We'll have to see how they deal with it.
0: So there's we've mentioned some of the various um, figures that could be Azor Ahai figures. We'll list them off right here. Azor Ahai, Prince That Was Promised, Last Hero, Hirakun the Hero, Yintar, Nefarian, and Shadow Chaser. And the question is, are they all the same figure? Are they a few figures or are they many figures? Because there's some really big differences between some of the stories. So you have to think that... I think that there has to be at least two or three people um, that were crucial there, and not just one person. Like, for example, when they talk about uh, Yintar, which I would guess maybe she was from Yiti. Um, She's known as, the, like, um, she's like a monkey woman. Um, the quote here goes... Uh, Uh, There's a curious legend from Yi-Ti which states that the sun hid its face from the earth for a lifetime, ashamed at something none could discover, and that disaster was averted only by the deeds of a woman with a monkey's tail. And so that's, like, a little different, I think, to me. Like, Like, for example, I don't know that I think that person is the same person as Azor Ahai. Like, maybe that was a person that was helpful in things
1: yeah it's true there's there's all these different it's not it's, I think the more we dig into this, the more we see that it's meant to be a group effort and that's uh it's kind of satisfying I think to see yeah. that see it that way It's like it's, it's we very... always wonder like who's the main character well this there's never been a main character, no. so why would there be you know this one central hero? Thing yeah,
0: I think here. that's very in line with you know the themes that George wants to hit is that it's not just about the one hero and just and again after when you think about the fact that there is still Strife in the land and political fighting and war and all that. Even after they've banded together and done this thing, uh, I also think that it all fits together.
1: Yeah, it's like because once that a lot of times what unites people is is a threat to everyone, and so that you know logically, well, if we don't deal with that together, we're all out of here. And so once that threat's gone, they can go back to fighting each other. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it is true that um, this is another statement on how George R. R. Martin writes history. You do have throughout history you have a lot of People getting credit for the deeds of others. It's extremely common for you reading history, and you see almost everything is talked, is discussed about, is related to kings or just the top ruler, whoever that is. If it's not a king, um, or just the most yeah. famous nobles of that time, and you know that those people aren't doing this all themselves. Never. Like, that almost literally never happens. So uh, it's it's erasure of, like, a lot of, in yeah. particular cases, women, but just just people in general are erased from history because history is written by the winners. Most of the world, uh, most of world history, people who could write history had to be at least pretty well off to be able to do that, <laughs> to be able to write, to be able to learn how to be well educated, have access to the materials, these extremely rare books that aren't like kind of libraries for people to go to and, and do this own research. This is, a, some, this is a, a concept of modern times. And so George, I think, is playing with that a little bit and showing that in his world too, just, just as we do it, people are, are pushed off to the side and the, the, the top guy often grabs all the credit. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he's extending that to these prophecies, Whereas, because humans are filtering it through their own knowledge. and They're saying, well they're starting with that same yeah. standpoint they're like well who is it rather than and that's the wrong question from the first place it's not mm-hmm. who is it it's uh, well i don't know what the right question is but it's not that <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so on the other side of things we obviously were speculating on azor ahi and who who could you know, help stop the long night in general. But we do also know figures on the other side of things, on the side of darkness. Obviously, Melisandre talks at length about the great other, but we know of the Bloodstone, of the Bloodstone Emperor who set this whole thing off with the blood betrayal, and we know of the Lion of Night. And so that's a, a food for thought right there in general, of yeah, whether they're similar figures. Like, I, I Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's the, kind of the opposite of what the show did in terms of rather than having the others be just a force, mm-hmm. um, they made a, a central key king other. And mm-hmm. uh, with just the same thing with these, with a, the Shanae and these different um, sort of villainous historical figures, mythical historical figures. And there's not really an attempt to make them all into one character. Yeah. Um, but there is an attempt yeah. to make High Haikun yeah. one character. So, so that's interesting. Yeah. I think we have another question.
0: Could you elaborate on the, the
1: blood betrayal? Sure. Yeah. yeah, we'd love to. Yeah, that's a yeah. good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, let's do that. That's great. We're, um, take, we're assuming people know that, but that's, a, <laughs> that's not a good assumption.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. It's, there, I there's I a, a
1: lot it's of uh, parallel to, there's a lot of flavor in the blood blood betrayal to Euron and Danny. So as we read this, keep that in mind.
0: Can we actually have that
1: quote? <laughs> well, we don't have a quote from it, but we can describe it. Yeah, if we, we, we don't have can a just quote, describe just describe it. it. Basically, Anyways. the idea is that the Amethyst Empress, who was one of the rulers of the uh, Great Empire yeah. of the Dawn, um, there is... It's a similar parallel to uh, the idea that back in the Age of Heroes, there were kings that ruled for hundreds of years of time. Okay. And it's the same thing in this era. So it, it sounds... In, it probably is a dynasty, you know? Yeah. But that's all another topic. Anyway, okay. the Amethyst Empress was betrayed by the Bloodstone Emperor, and he... Uh, who he killed her and if I remember correctly or at least dethroned mm-hmm. he her I think he killed yeah. her and this and then he took over uh and worshipped a black stone that fell from the sky <laughs> and this ushered in this era of darkness the long he summoned supposedly, the long night or supposedly. something yeah it's not clear but he was a, a big baddie and yeah. uh, the the great empire of the dawn was huge as far as we know expansive it may have incorporated a lot of these cultures we're talking now as separate uh you know and that's Reflected in the story of the of what happened after the long night. remember it said, uh-huh. even after they defeated the darkness, they went back to mm-hmm. disparate kingdoms and fighting and, and petty squabbling. It said the great empire the dawn did not reform, so someone had united everything or some someone's and it fell apart mm-hmm. after this uh, Great ordeal, and
0: if you think about again in the the long night blood mood off show, in the description of it, they talk about you know its descent into you know this dark time, and so you have to wonder like, what is going to set it off, and if it will have a connection to you know something like this, I think.
1: Yeah, and That's of course we'll see the
0: creation you know of this terror. Uh, yeah, this force. Whether
1: it'll be some great sorceress uh, um, ritual or just a the stars aligning in the heavens something that people don't have much to do with. It's really hard to tell. I tend to think that it's going to be involve uh, mortal forces. You know, I don't think George wants to put things in the hands of the gods too much. You know, I think he wants this to be human situations ultimately, even if they're highly fantastical. He still wants it to be, he still wants the humans to be the catalyst, I think.
0: Yeah. So on the subject, since we're talking about, you know, these, pretty far off Essos regions. So we have these five forts in the far east, which is this fused black stone that's meant to keep out the Lion of Night's demons. Um, But notably, (laughs) Essos Essos and Westeros have been confirmed to not be connected in the north by George. Um, That said, the question was exactly, does Westeros connect to the eastern continent uh, through the north? Not did Westeros ever (laughs) <laughs> to be clear. Mm-hmm. So you could you know speculate there. But near the five forts, we have Ashai, where Azor Ahai is said to be from. Nefer, where Nefarian could pres- be presumed to be from. Yintar, probably Yiti. Hirkun the hero, probably Hirkun, which is all over there too. Eldric Shadow Chaser is a little harder to place. Shadow could evoke Ashai. Or the others themselves, which are described as shadows and white shadows, and he's chasing shadows. Um, but also, Eldric is similar to Edric, so maybe evokes Westerosi things. But out of world, it's meant to be a reference to Elric of Melnibone, um, who has a cousin and heir, Yircoon, notably. So he, George likes to throw in references here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how much we can speak to that character being from anywhere.
1: Yeah. So, but but the the a key here is that. All these places I named, and are named name. In a
0: similar region yeah. far all away from SO. East of the
1: Bone Mountains, so basically on the other side of the, the, the Dithraki Sea is here on one go. side of the Bone Mountains. Oh yeah. I was gonna say we don't have a map, but we do.
0: All over here. Yeah. They're all over here. Oh, look, there
1: are the five forts There's right the there. Five forts. They're right here on her thigh
0: normally. There you go. <laughs> I'm defended. But, so all on that all on that very far side. Um, which is notable i think like it makes me think that it is the 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 war was not necessarily all in 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 Westeros except yeah. at the wall
1: none of that sounds westerosi at all no, right it it's doesn't. all so far away and it's like hard to imagine that even with all the things we talked about of of people um, of legends changing over time it seems pretty hard for this legend to have changed that much to something you know Thousands of miles away Mm -hmm. with all the character names changed. It just doesn't, it's just not. Unless,
0: again, if you think about the idea of them being connected at some point and that they could have interacted like that, which is a stretch perhaps, but I I do like to try to think of ways that it could have involved Westeros more easily. Yeah. Um, But then we have, you know, one particular figure, the last hero, who is very, you know, clearly Westeros, right? Yes. Um, And also very much more similar to Bran. Um, and so the it, it comes back into play with the idea that, you know, there, there's there are for sure some multiple figures. I think.
1: Yeah. I don't I, think I there agree.
0: is one person for sure. But yeah. whether it's only a few or way more, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's very hard to say. And it's a one of the things that, as we pointed out at the beginning of the show, didn't really want to touch this too much. They just they didn't never they never said the word Azor Ahai on TV. <laughs> they said the prince that was promised, yeah. and they kind of. In the off-the-show office material, they kind of just blurred all that together, which is fine for their purposes, but we know there's a, a deeper story to be told here, as, as hidden as it still is. But um, as she said, there's all these smaller legends mm-hmm. that, like you I see... can read this
0: quote about The Last Hero yeah, here. So, as cold and death filled the earth, the Last Hero determined to seek out the children in the hopes that their ancient magics could win back what the armies of men had lost. He set out into the dead lands with a sword, a horse, a dog, and a dozen companions. For years he searched, until he despaired of ever finding the children of the forest in their secret cities. One by one, his friends died, and his horse, and finally even his dog. And his sword froze so hard the blade snapped when he tried to use it. And the others smelled the hot blood in him and came silent on his trail, stalking him with packs of pale white spiders. Big big as (laughs) hounds! (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, if you think about Bran, there you can are like if you're listening, you can really see the idea that he loses his companions. That if you see Hodor perhaps as his sword, his sword froze so hard the blade snapped when he tried to use it. The idea that Bran used Hodor and his brain and snapped. His brain snapped. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yikes! Uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, so like you could so Bran is very much like a last, more of a last hero figure and um we we see like other quotes for him where he yells like the children will help him the children of the forest and of <laughs> yeah, course he's like no they'll Grant. help you yes they'll help
1: you <laughs> him meaning you uh-huh. and what okay so here's a really neat thing that that i think a lot of us hadn't noticed we we we've, we've just discussed all these origins of the long night but again none of them are westerosi they but westeros does have its own story for how they ended the long night but mm-hmm. there's no one there who there's no tale of how anyone in westeros had anything to do with making it happen to them it's just an old man says and a winter came, that, you know, a night came that lasted a generation. There was no where that night came from. It just, it came. That's it. And then in that darkness, the others came for the first time.
0: Yeah. So the yeah. idea that if it started in Essos, for example, and then spread that way was very interesting. And I can't, again, I'm, I, my head is still spinning because of the topic of this successor yeah. show, which I hadn't even considered the idea that we also see simultaneously on the other side it start.
1: And that's a really neat concept, which we haven't hardly seen in the TV show or the books at all to this point, which is something that everyone can see or deal with at once, because everyone's so far apart. The only example we have to to date is the comet. That's the only thing that everyone can look up and see that, no matter where they are, whether they're on the Dithraki Sea or whether they're in the north or in Old Town, they can see that. Mm -hmm. So the Long Night's going to be the only other thing like that, that everyone's going to see at once and everyone's Mm going to be dealing with. At the same time, although they'll deal with it in different ways, you know, the Long Man will probably be worse in the North than it is in the Summer Islands, Mm -hmm. but still, it's going to be a really interesting world-spanning event that every POV is going to deal with, and that's going to be really, really interesting because we don't have that except at the beginning of the story when everyone's in Winterfell, and Mm -hmm. it's like, hey, last chapter you had Ned talking, and then you have Catelyn talking about the same thing. We lose that pretty quickly as the POV split apart, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but... It is going to come back to that, but in a much more epic way.
0: Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) (laughs) So talking about the last hero, um, there's part of this quote, too, that again speaks to the idea of it, it being people who banded together. It says, thanks to the children, the first men of the Night's Watch banded together and were able to fight and win the battle for the dawn, the last battle that broke the endless winter and sent the others fleeing to the icy north.
1: Yeah, it broke the others, but did that actually end the long night? No. Who knows? Yeah, sent,
0: sent yeah it just sent Doesn't them fleeing there. Yeah. Um, but again, you see this common theme of it being about uniting, about a lot of people working together to stop yeah. this.
1: Now, one thing I want to this is a little bit off topic, but that quote about the others could smell his hot blood makes <laughs> me think of John and how John's blood is no longer hot <laughs> and how he could maybe uh, go places that other people can't. Um, so I'm kind of talking against the idea of him not being a singular hero, but <laughs> <laughs> John goes into the lands of always winter where human, humans who aren't undead can't go. But that is another story, but uh, I think it's <laughs> worth mentioning because it's cool. <laughs>
0: yeah, which is also to be clear with all of this, it's, it's pretty neat that we can speculate on the history of Azor Ahai, but we won't know. Yeah. You can choose to believe that it's one person or a couple people or like me, that it's many. And it, it's just fun uh, topic, I think.
1: Definitely. So, let's see. Let's take... Um, does anyone else have some questions? We have some more we can say, but we haven't uh, spent a lot of time yeah, taking anything? questions. Um, one in the back.
0: I was just wondering,
1: uh, so in the original Azura Hive, it says that he forged mm-hmm. for him himself.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Stannis has Lightbringer. Like, now <laughs> I'll ever encourage him maybe to, like, try for it, or, like, never anyone we'll assume that they would have to forge their own. I'll like, just, just give Stannis Lightbringer like, well...
1: Very good question, but I think this is... Uh, wait, really- real
0: quick. Okay. The question was asking um, about Melisandra giving Stannis Lightbringer for anyone who can't hear. Yeah, good point.
1: Um, so this, is, this really gets to what we're saying. Melisandra knows that's not the real Lightbringer, and she knows that's not, that Stannis... Well, she might think Stannis really is Azor not That doesn't necessarily matter. The point is she's doing the things to get people to unite behind this, whether or not it's real or not, because she knows the darkness is real. She knows it's coming whether or not this is really Lightbringer, whether he stands, people to have a figure. need to unite behind these these leaders and
0: mm-hmm.
1: get on that page of Hey, this is a real problem, not you know uh, this petty human squabbling is nothing compared to what's coming." So she, she's basically saying, "The ends justify the means." I'm trying to save humanity here. It doesn't matter how many lies I tell; none of that matters. Like lies are nothing compared to us all dying. So you kind of get her point, <laughs> even though she's wrong about so many things. Like in that sense, it's uh, that's kind of selfless if, if that's really how it's going to go for her in the books as well
0: yeah yeah it, i think it's yeah very selfless in actuality uh in retrospect i doubted Melisandra, i guess a lot i and, think a lot of
1: us did when we yeah. got her inside her head it's like well, this is not what i expected <laughs> this is a lot more um yeah she's a lot more uh sincere
0: about, yeah about,
1: about a lot of these things but that's a but getting back to the actual question as far as forging a blade yeah I wonder about that. I wonder how lit. We all have wondered long whether how literal that was. And um,
0: yeah, you know, you think I, about yeah. her.
1: If she's like, <laughs> she forged Stannis, and he didn't work, so she'll have to forge a different blade. <laughs> she's <laughs> the the one making the sword. But here.
0: yeah, as Aziz was t- speaking to, there's all sorts of theories about who Lightbringer is, what it is. I say who because lots of people think that it could be the dragons.
1: Yeah, I mean, who is it? Uh, is it um, Zara's own Dax? I think who says the dr- your dragons are a flaming sword held above the world, and like,
0: mm. uh, mm-hmm. okay,
1: we get that reference, don't we? Yeah, we, we see him. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, yes,
1: and uh, and is he so subtle with that because we have this is that's really clever because you have a guy from Karth saying that, and mm-hmm. that's another. They have their own super ancient history and their own Long Night uh, involvement. They yeah. may have been. A central part of the great empire of the dawn back in the day, given their location right the, right in the center of
0: mm-hmm.
1: right in the center yeah, of your, um,
0: somewhere right on somewhere here. on your hip yeah <laughs> somewhere in there anyway
1: uh, so uh, okay so more questions let's keep going
0: then all righty. Let's keep it going. Where are we
1: at? Let's see. Okay, so... um, We can
0: speak more to this Azor Ahai. We could read this uh, quote for anyone that wants some concrete information right here. Okay, yeah, do it. Uh, A hundred days and a hundred nights he labored on the third blade, and as it glowed white-hot in the sacred fires, he summoned his wife, Nissa Nissa, he said to her, for that was her name, bear your breast and know that I love you best of all that is in this world. She did this thing, why, I cannot say... And Azor Ahai thrust the smoking sword through her living heart. It is said that her cry of anguish and ecstasy left a crack across the face of the moon, but her blood and her soul and her strength and her courage all went into the steel." Such is the tale of the forging of Lightbringer, the red sword of heroes. Okay. So you see speaking to that quote from Zaro with the red flaming sword and with this reference even to the moon even relates to it with the tale of, you know, dragons coming out of the moon.
1: Yeah, and you also see that what we were talking about before with the sort of erasure of, of other key figures here. I don't think Nissa Nissa is any less heroic than Azor Ahai is here, maybe even more so. She actually sacrificed herself, whereas Azor Ahai gets to live, and if he succeeds, then he's one of the people that is alive after the darkness is chased away. So, you know, and, and here, he, the way it's written is it says, she did this thing. Why, I cannot say. Like <laughs> What do you mean, why? It's the same reason he's doing it, to save the world, (laughs) you know? I mean, uh, it it says he summoned her, so it's written as if she didn't have a choice here, but I don't know about that. You know, it seems like she had to be willing, and if she wasn't willing, If she's willing,
0: is it really a sacrifice? Yeah,
1: then it's not a sacrifice, then it's a murder. (laughs) And are we, I don't know if that's... Yeah. Are we really? Is that really how well, the story we're told here—that that he had to murder his wife to save the world? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I that can is kind of what we saw at the end of the show, except without the wife part. But it was a relationship, you know. <laughs> uh.
0: It happened afterwards, but so, <laughs> yeah, and it was
1: after the yeah. others were gone. So,
0: uh-huh. um, so yeah, we obviously we have Nissa's Nissa, and we don't really have uh, an easy comparison for her in the books. Um, obviously, if. You know, Stannis sacrificing Shireen, you would think of her as a figure like that. Like someone might, like Melisandre maybe, but... Uh,
1: or Melisandre herself after, you know, yeah, she's After not, she maybe
0: sacrifices not... herself, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, to help. You know, like, it, it, we might not actually see... I mean, it'll be a while before we see that battle, you know, happen. In but so there'll battles. be a lot of different people there. So it could yeah. play out very differently in terms of how people are sac- sacrificed themselves. It, yeah.
1: A good theory that we, um, I think we got it from, I think it was Lady Gwen from Radio West, suppose, who, who shared it on our one of our streams, that the battle that we saw at Winterfell, there'll probably be something like that. But it probably won't be the one they win. Because mm-hmm. others will have, it's, it's not likely that the others are just going to be beaten so far north, and that's it. it. It just seems like they'll have to, there's plenty of foreshadowing for them getting as far, at least as far as the Trident, right? Danny has a vision of, of melting armies at the Trident. She, mm-hmm. At first, he thinks it's her brother, but... It's her, and well, what's right by the Trident is the God's Eye and Hall Now, hats, now Hall talk about a spot that can fit all the armies of man, just right in there. It's a giant castle, and of course, it's creepy, and all <laughs> that other stuff can happen there.
0: <laughs> but
1: uh, you've got the God's Eye so close by. You've got all these mystical elements kind of coming yeah, together, like the
0: Green Men.
1: Yeah, the Green Men, whatever their deal is. Yeah. You
0: know,
1: they're, they're 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 all just. Men in green suits dancing around at Philadelphia. I Eagles saw a games. green
0: man heff last night at the Bunny Hutch party. I was quite happy.
1: Green man got me through some hard times. Green man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we have a lot more to learn about that. I mean, this is that's not even really re- directly related to the Zorah High, but it is in a sense that whatever this Zora High myth leads to, if it if the prophecy is fulfilled, this battle that is going to take place, whether it's at Harrenhal or Winterfell or multiple battles, maybe the mm-hmm. others. Um, it could go that the others are damaged. You know, there's, they lose some of their guys. They have plenty of undead, but maybe they're, maybe they're in not large numbers in terms of the actual White Walkers themselves. We don't know how they're made. We don't know, like, do Craster's babies become... This, this is a whole other topic. But <laughs> defeating them, whether it defeating them defeats the darkness or not, defeating them is part of it. And having everyone united in one place to do that is crucial because if the others get to fight individually against the armies of man, what happens? They just, their army gets bigger. They don't actually get whittled down. They, 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 yeah. they fight you and become stronger, whereas most armies they fight and both sides are weaker or one side is way weaker and the other side is just damaged a bit. But that is clearly not how it is. So they have to learn. Not only they have to unite, they have to learn how to change everything about how they fight. Like you can't, you can't hit someone in the eyeball and expect them to die if they're already dead. You know, you have to... You, I got him in the heart. Oh, what does not yeah, matter? <laughs> yeah. So, they, and to, to, to figure all these things out, they have to share information, right? They have to say, like, no, you have, we have to come up with tactics to fight this entirely different enemy we've never fought before. We have to use Fire more. we have to use Dragon Glass, yeah. we have to use Valyrian Steel. And they have to share those things, right? The North is going to have Dragon Glass, Dragonstone will have Dragon Glass. Valyrian Steel is owned by the noble families. So they'll have to mm-hmm. maybe share it. The things that yeah. they've never done. We have heard Damn about how protective yeah. they are, they're Valyrian Steel. It's going to be hard.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, Danny and whoever else is on a dragon will have, you know, Dragon Fire, which will be helpful. We'll have Rolores who will have fires that I guess are going to be way more helpful than I might have thought. Would hope so. Yeah.
1: Melisandra, yeah. what we may have seen with her in the show was her kind of overexerting herself, and that's mm-hmm. why she died, whether whether it was that or she just was like, okay, I fulfilled my purpose. So my I question can, is, I if, if there's a now. bunch
0: of them, though, like, yeah. maybe it isn't all on her, Yeah, yeah, we
1: got Makoro giving Victorian a firearm. Like, he could maybe she could, he could do that to a few other guys. Maybe, <laughs> say, we could use more firearm guys.
0: Yeah. We have a whole fire at the valentine mm-hmm. temple which i was kind of hoping would be in the show because mm-hmm. the point of mel saying she was going to the land of yeah the land of i know yeah you know? i think that they probably just were like we can't really explain all of this history of the temple and yeah. that there, there happens to be a whole war, a warrior a priest but that could come into play yeah a, a whole army of people that can fire offensively yeah uh, the question was just, the comment was really just talking about the fiery hand, which is, uh, you know, more of a, of a military, more of a <laughs> yeah, within a There's so um they the, were not in the show, but we could, uh, in fact, see quite a lot of them, I think. Yeah, they would, definitely. I, I hadn't thought about that. them in particular.
1: The, there should one. even be a good chance we see them in the prequel show. The, yeah. The, the religion should be old enough for that, uh, or at least maybe it's got a different proto version of mm-hmm. it, you know, maybe they don't call it relore. maybe they do, maybe that's a translation from another place, you never know. But the, uh, the general concept of a god of fire and shadow. But mm-hmm. just to speak to that even more, um, there's, uh, well, the idea that...
0: Uh, I, well, I don't know if this is where you're going, but I just have to, we have, we have to touch on the idea of Fire and shadow, for old gods, and
1: yeah. fire. Like, well, I, 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 that's I, not what I was going to say, but you're but right. We I should go to I just want to, to, to make sure we second. talk about that. Okay, but real quick, um, yeah, the high priest of the Red Temple, Benero, is out there saying that, you know, follow Daenerys, she's Azor Ahai, and if you do, you'll have eternal life. And it kinda like, it's kind of like...
0: endless summer. Endless summer.
1: Eternal. It doesn't, that's not a good thing. Endless summer's <laughs> not a good thing. Uh, no. Eternal life, I'm not sure about that either. <laughs> uh, but that's an element from the show entirely missing and that's crazy right like this is the top red priest and we've seen them with real magic so it's not like the seven who are like oh the father will punish you it's like we've never seen the father punish anyone unless I mean, you're talking about like tywin or somebody also
0: think about you know <laughs> when danny's in you know Westeros, she'll have much more of a support base for all, yeah. at least a while of it with having people pumping her up and on the other her side yeah i know but
1: on the other side of thing you're right that's that's a perfect example of of daenerys getting a big head because people are like you're a Hi, you made dragons and, and that's I mean
0: I would be pretty impressed with myself too if I Yeah, had like who wouldn't dragons? have a
1: big ego after hearing that about themselves and then proving it? You know, like I really did hatch dragons from stone, y'all. And uh but she but to, to speak to the unity issue, right? That's for her, that's the even bigger challenge. She might have the best weapons to fight against the darkness, but the the challenge of uniting disparate peoples is larger for Daenerys than it is for, say, Jon. Jon mm-hmm. uniting the north, well, they're all northerners. Mm-hmm. But Daenerys bringing Thraki, who at first terrified her when she first saw them, mm-hmm. so what's Westeros going to think of them? And the Unsullied are... They're not necessarily terrifying in that they're culturally speaking but Westeros doesn't like slaves and they don't like eunuchs and you know like generally speaking. And they're
0: racist and so, That's yeah. kind
1: of what I meant. And yeah, they're all general. they're all very xenophobic yeah. and and uh we saw even the show actually showed that a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
0: they did show it at least a little and
1: bit. And it should be a but bigger it'll be, problem. But it will be
0: yeah, bigger like cuz they're just it's like, you know, a whole new you know set of people coming in. You think about the Roynar, the Andals, it's not quite as extreme, but you have to think that some people are going to bond. There's going to be some intermarriage. There, you know, some cultures are going to fuse here.
1: Yeah, that's, um, there's a wonderful history podcast called History on Fire that we did a collaboration with, and he talks about the, the slave armies of Spartacus and how it's a good example of how uh, a, a really good example, uh, a stark example of history being written by the winners, because the Romans have to admit that they, this was a bad thing for them, but they, you know, they <laughs> tried to cut away on the worst parts. And, 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 but we know that within those armies, within those 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 person slave armies, there would be infinite relationships, loves and, and hates and, and disputes and people finding things in common, just finding themselves in a crowd, being like, hey, I've, you know, things like that. And George loves to write about that kind of thing. So while it looks like there's lots of threats, lots of things that could go wrong, there's also this. There's also things that could go well. Yeah, like, Examples of mm, yeah. maybe, yeah. Maybe Finding that,
0: love, friendships. Yeah, yeah sometimes people might like, fight. And it'll just, yeah.
1: And these things happen even more when people are looking at the end of their lives and kind of looking back and saying, you know, your people are a little more sincere and, and, and you know, uh, less petty when they're facing the end of their life or like yeah. looking at like, yeah. uh, I might be dead soon. I definitely don't care about that grudge anymore that I had with that guy who stole my girlfriend 20 years ago. You know, that's not so important right now. <laughs> So it's just this huge, just epic potential for people coming together and all the good and bad happening, and um, we have to see how they all react and how um, they're able to unite and use their different mm-hmm. abilities
0: uh, I, I together have to, or not. Um, something we didn't touch on yet um, that also has to do with uh, just this uniting is uh, the Ifa Kevron. And the yeah. children of the forest. Oh, good point. That in Essos, we also have a tale of a very similar race to the children of the forest. Yeah,
1: they're, they'd be north of, if you picture Bravo sticking out, we have, can you show it here? I, <laughs> I might not have it on this one. I don't know if I have it. Okay, on this. well, we don't have a visual of it, but it's basically the northern tip of Essos, northern, northwestern tip of Essos, like kind of off of Bravo, like Bravo's would be here. In the, there's all these forests up here. Uh, Daenerys passes through them in her. Uh, second or third chapter when she's heading towards the Dothraki Sea, or heading towards the Dothraki Sea and based Dothrak. And there's, uh, well, it's a deep ancient forest, and according to the World of Ice and Fire, there was once a little race of small forest people called the Ifekevron, and they may be, you know, cousins of the children of the forest. Uh, they would have been more linked back when Westeros and Essos were one continent, yeah. right back when there was a land bridge for them to move yeah. through.
0: Which again, speaks to my important clarification. Did Westeros ever... I want to ask him that, but I think he'd be infuriated. Yeah.
1: yeah. Do we, we
0: have a question or something? No, no that
1: was okay. just the, the time um, warning. Okay. Ten minutes
0: left. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay, so let's see. What did we want to talk about? We didn't... I wanted
0: to talk about just the idea um, that, obviously, in the R'lor, um religion, we hear a lot about, you know, fire versus ice, essentially. Like, you know, shadow, you could think darkness, right? Yeah. And so the idea... Obviously, a lot of people speculate about, you know, the old gods in general, Blood raven, Are they shady? And I, I, I think it's a good thing to be skeptical of, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Relorist religion overall doesn't, doesn't really seem friendly or positive. Right? No. It doesn't present itself that way. Like, sure, Melisandre wants to save the world, <laughs> but if the world they're trying to create after is Benero's vision— of, you know, an endless summer and people living forever, that's that's not good either. <laughs> so it's like that is kind of vaguely, very vaguely what the show gave us, which was, yeah, Daenerys comes in and helps save the world, but then she has this new vision that's not good for what the world should be like. Of course, in the show, it was, it was very tampered down. She's just like, yeah, we'll just
0: conquer everything. Keep going. Yeah, just keep going. <laughs> but but if
1: it's keep going with an army of, uh, in, you know, immortal fire worshippers... <laughs> Maybe you no, know, maybe slow down, maybe stop, maybe stop and consider.
0: <laughs> mm. Let's see here. Now,
1: as far as the actual ending of The Long Night, there's yeah. some things we can say about that. You know, who knows how that's actually going to happen, but we can, we can suggest at least a few things that what the story has told us so far. We have a, a quote here. Um, Go ahead and read it. How The Long Night came to an end is a matter of legend, as all such matters of the distant past have become true. In the north, they tell of a last hero who sought out the intercession of the children of the forest, his companions dying, abandoning him, or dying one by one as they faced ravenous giants, cold servants, and the others themselves. Alone, he finally reached the children, despite the efforts of the White Walkers, and all the tales agree this was a turning point. Thanks to the children, the first men of the Night's Watch banded together and were able to fight and win the battle for the dawn, right? So this is the, you read this quote already. Right? I read
0: that half that little. The first little part, bit. yeah, you
1: read that bit of it. I, we hadn't read the first part. Yeah. Okay, so that's where I stop. Um, so this is kind of a, a, an add-on to what Old Nan and Bran were discussing early on. Bran says the children will save him. The children will save him. And here we have that that actually being said is what happened. But again, it just comes right back to this: children uniting with the. First men uniting with the, the rangers, and the night's watch. It's mm-hmm. all—it's all this unity theme—is in almost all these quotes that we've read this whole time. It's all about the secret coming together, song,
0: coming yeah. together. Stop your bickering.
1: Yeah, secret song. They talk about harmony. That's, thats requires multiple people singing. You—you you can't unless you're one of those special like throat monks. <laughs> you can't harmonize with yourself <laughs> unless you're using a recording. Throat monk. That's the actual technical term <laughs> for them. <laughs> they need to be part of this effort. We need—we need the—we need the we need the, <laughs> the, Dithraki, the Unsullied, the throat monks. <laughs> yeah.
0: um,
1: um, did you read the ba- the last you didn't read the last part of that did no
0: you I did okay not. so we
1: also have now six thousand years later or eight thousand as the true history puts forward the wall made to defend the realms of men is still manned by the sworn brothers of the night's watch and neither the others nor the children have been seen in many centuries
0: mm-hmm. and then we have one more quote here from a feast for crows sam two, uh, sam one I found one account of the long night that spoke of the last hero slaying others with a blade of dragon steel. Supposedly, they could not stand against it.
1: Now, dragon steel is an interesting concept that maybe isn't directly related to this, but it's, it's fun enough to talk about.
0: I mean, it's it's related in the idea of I mean, where forging it came a blade. from, forging a blade. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about like how the connection that it could have to Azor Ahai mm-hmm. or their technology on that side of the world versus um, in Westeros.
1: One of the oldest theories for Lightbringer before the World of Ice and Fire came out, even before Dance of Dragons came out, because, you know, um, I've been in the fandom a little while and uh originally it was all dawn everybody thought it was dawn or the dragons that's it those were the two main ideas And dawn's kind of fallen down the list over time especially mm-hmm. after the world of ice and fire came out but it's definitely still in play because it's a special blade forged in very special circumstances um and is unique super unique um so that's that's interesting uh, whether it's literally lightbringer or just a
0: yeah, a an little example. red herring. And... Yeah,
1: it could be a red herring, yeah. It could be an example of an, a lost technology. Um, mm-hmm. Valyrian steel seems to be similar to Dawn, except that Valyrian steel is black or dark gray, and Dawn is, is pale, milk glass, white. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they so, have the same yeah, lightness and all that. So the idea of blood, that.
0: dragon steel, more like Dawn. One,
1: yeah, one seems kind of dark. The Valyrian steel, we hear there's blood sacrifice, and maybe dragon fire is used, and that's all like kind of on the opposite, on the bad side. But Dawn, maybe, and maybe it was pretty evil in its forging too. And I don't know if there was sacrifice. Maybe there was a Nissa Nissa situation. If it really is the original Lightbringer, then, then that's that's the story we're told. But it mm. might be forged in some nicer manner, <laughs> some sort of non no-sacrifice-involved kind of way. And if that can be rediscovered, then... Maybe that would be a good way to arm mm-hmm. lots of people. But that seems like a bit of a stretch. But still, it's we have to mention Dawn here before this panel ends. Yeah, <laughs>
0: definitely. We have only five minutes left. Just, yeah, right there. Um, I have a question going back to Nissa and, Nissa and the forging of the sword and the legend. Uh, if you're saying that you think our High is multiple people, do you think Nissa, Nissa is then like a metaphor for the sacrifice? Yeah. A hero or like she is an individual. I th- that's I think that's a great call. The question was asking um whether Nissanissa Nissa is more of a metaphor or multiple piece people sacrificing themselves, you know, speaking to the sacrifice in general or someone in particular. And I hadn't actually really considered the idea of Nissanissa Nissa being about just sacrifice.
1: Yeah, and it could be. That is I think that's a great way to look yeah, at it because like that's that that's why I was kind of getting into the whole like why aren't we looking at this from her point of view? It's just like he, he cuz um but space soldier san says why she did this i cannot say yeah well why,
0: why would all these people come to fight to their deaths i cannot say but they, live. they want to they want to save everyone else yeah they
1: want to save the world darn it what do you think they did but there's uh... oh forgot what i was going to say so um <laughs> okay <laughs> Go on. Quaith, is that you?
0: <laughs> we had another question right there, yeah.
1: So we've talked about the parallels between all the different prophecies, but kind of the oddball is the wall, this big <laughs> mystical magical structure. Yes. Random builder gets all the credit for. Now it might just be told of the forest, but like, what about the wall is unique, and why is it not included in other prophecies? It's what has kept the others. Hmm. Well, that's a great um, question.
0: It is a very good question. I mean, of course, we spoke to the idea of the five forts, which they do in those legends talk about the five forts being what kept, you know, the Lion of Knights demons at bay and whether the five forts actually did that. And at the same time, they built a completely different kind of structure. It seems yeah. weird.
1: Right? Yeah, and the, and the the five forts are in a desert environment, like yeah. a blasted landscape, whereas this is
0: ice and fire.
1: Yeah, one they forged <laughs> you know. with fire,
0: and one they forged with ice. Fire I demons
1: and ice demons. Yeah, yeah. But
0: I mean, you could that could be a valid interpretation.
1: Yeah, the wall is very interesting, and I think it's it's interesting as well to point out Melisandre's take on it, which is that it seems to she calls it a hinge of the world, and whether that's. Mm-hmm this location or whether it's become that because of the magic that's been Mm -hmm. added to the wall. And that's what gives it this energy or whether the energy was already there. And that's what enables it to be what it is. Hard to say, but it's absolutely, um, the best example, like she said, is the five forces for a comparison. So there is at least some comparison, but it's hard to
0: but they're very different. Again, the, yeah. the five forts is made of fused black stone.
1: It's, and it's not, of course, they're not mentioned in the Song of Ice and Fire proper. They're only in uh, the World of Ice and Fire. Um, I did remember what I was going to say. She talked yeah. about, the, <sighs> about the forging of, of Lightbringer, nis and all that. And I just want to just draw your attention, if you hadn't already noticed, to the similarity between the idea of he needed to kill his wife or she yeah. needed to sacrifice herself to make this sword and the right. fact that Valyrian steel is supposedly needs human sacrifice to be made. So make and, and if that is and extend that to this concept we've been yeah. using all along here, whereas take an example of one and it's actually many, mm-hmm. so if oh, we'll have to form a like a get in line to sacrifice yourself to be a Valerian steel blade maker <laughs> or something sacrifices in this line, blacksmiths in this
0: line, yeah whereas like again if you, if you're comparing it to you know Daenerys, her dragons as light bringer. Well, Drogo and Rego weren't really a sacrifice.
1: They weren't really a sacrifice, but they were sa- they were sacrificed, but not intentionally, I yeah. guess. And Mary Mazadori was tied to the yeah, pyre, so uh, yeah. there was that so, as well.
0: But that, of course, gets into what you might think of yeah. them like, as bringer. We have one right there. I think you're going to be our last one. The comment was uh, speaking more to the idea of Nissa-Nissa as a metaphor and uh, you know, basically the idea that in In trying to bring everyone together to fight the long night and to fight in general, you have like your loved ones are going to die they're sacri- they 're they're signing up to be sacrificed um, yeah. essentially to, yeah. to, to say it much. Uh, less articulately than you did for time. But, but that's also, it. But oh, also, I want okay. to do want to say one really quick what? comment.
1: The, no, notice that Lightbringer is the red sword of heroes. Yeah, heroes, that
0: is what she was saying. It's yes, not yes, That is what she was it's saying, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Heroes. So that's,
1: yeah, so that's a really that's good catch. That's what she started catch. with. Yeah. yeah, it's very good. Heroes. Okay, well we are out of time. Thank you very much for coming. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>
0: thank you all. Uh-huh. <laughs>